So you're looking for your perfect job and you're on, let's just say, Facebook group and you're seeing it advertised and all of a sudden, lo and behold, you see it advertised by three different companies at three incredibly different weekly gross rates. Why is that? What is going on? Let's break it down for you really simplistically this week and let's really talk about your gross pay differences with agencies on today's edition of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. It's one of these, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of these I'm excited about episodes. Listen, this is nothing new, but I want to really take a a moment, and we talked about this when we created these episodes, to really go through and specifically talk about exactly what it is that makes agencies pay differently. And there's a number of reasons. We've talked about them a lot in different settings on Travel Evolved, but today we're really going to break it down and really give you the nuts and bolts of all the differences and why. All right, first of all, obviously, welcome to the LA office after hours. Uh, it's like I said, it's it's not a very far commute down to Orange County, but <laughs> no thanks. I might just sleep here. I might just sleep here tonight. It's just one of those things. Uh, we're in a, one of the conference rooms up here. Sorry about the reflection. I know we tried. It's like there's just too many. It's all glass here and there, so the reflection is actually worse the other way. So I apologize about the ring uh, reflection, but it's the best I can do. Uh, I'll go someplace else and do it, but they were cleaning and doing some other stuff, so maybe I'll go to our break room here. There's some really cool places to film episodes of Travel Evolved up here, and so I'll take full advantage of all of them. It's nice, but um, this is our, our one of our main conference rooms. We do a lot of time, spend a lot of time in here. We do a lot of work in here. Uh, we're writing on glass and doing that sort of thing instead of using marker boards, so that uh, it's the way engineers and those kinds of people think, but we are getting a lot done. Very, very happy to be out here. Um, For my company, we have some really great growth issues that we didn't anticipate. And it's a wonderful problem to have. I mean, again, I'm incredibly grateful that um, our concept has become incredibly popular and that that travelers are, I think even three years ago when we first created the the idea, I don't think people were quite open to it because the pandemic was going on, as I mentioned before. It was kind of like, what do I need this for? I'm making all kinds of money. And it was just kind of a almost a bad timing, but it allowed us to kind of get in there. We had good things happen for us too when it came to those kinds of bill rates and that sort of thing. It allowed us to be where we are. So I'm grateful, but the same token, it was kind of tough timing. But at any rate, we're, we're fixing some things that are wonderful problems to have. I'm so grateful to be having the issues, especially now when things are tough. And again, we've talked a lot about that. So I'm really, really grateful for where we are, and I'm extremely grateful for those of you travelers that have figured out how to, you know, how to how to do what it is that we do. Just a 
a wonderful and crazy time to be involved in healthcare traveler. And like I said, I'm, I really am grateful. This is so much fun and, and it's, it's a great, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a unique, for me personally, it's a unique uh, wrinkle. I've never had to deal with how do, how do we handle a company growing quick. And I'm so grateful for all of you travelers out there that have really appreciated that new, the new concept. Because like I said a few seconds ago, I never really finished my thought. Shocker, is that I think we were a little out of the, early out of the gun. I still think we are. I don't think people are really truly ready yet for a, a recruiterless app. I, I just I see it every day, but many many people are, and more and more statistically every single day we're getting more and more downloads, more and more interest. It just happens to be at a time where there's not as many positions, but it's it's showing me that travelers are finally going. Wait a second. Wait a second. Pay does matter. Gross pay differences with agencies does make a huge difference, especially now when things are so tight. So thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for subscribing. Join us on TikTok uh, at NextGenMed. Oh, sorry, at, yeah, just at NextGen. At NextGen. Join us there. We want to go live. Join our Facebook group, Travel Evolve. We're going live every single Monday at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. 5 o'clock Pacific time. Every Monday we're talking about episodes. We're going live and we're giving you guys some tidbits of information. So you don't have to always watch every one of these episodes, but we sure hope you do. All right. Let's talk about how, in, how is it that companies can have such a huge disparagement in what they're offering gross from one company to the other. I mean, it's to the point now where, and a lot of this episode I want to focus on some things you guys may not think about. A lot of travelers talk about, well, it's only 50 bucks a week. We're going to go through some numbers. Most travelers don't actually do the math and see what that comes to. We're going to talk about what that looks like today. And obviously, the jobs that are higher than that, and many of them are, depending upon your company's margin, depending upon why it is that they have a higher bill rate, maybe they've got a lower bill rate with some other companies, all the things that come to what it is that makes it so different agencies are paying significantly different gross weeklies for the exact same position and oftentimes, more often than not, at the exact same bill rate. So why is it? The first thing I want to discuss openly, and, and again, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of things that I want to kind of qualify on today's episode. In 23 years of me doing this, 23 plus years, 23 and a half, more than a half now, I'm like an old guy, I always want to talk about how, how long I've been doing this. I've never seen a t period of time where the bill rate is fluctuating literally week to week like it has been over the last few years. Obviously, during the pandemic, the bill rates had to keep going up, up, up because they had to keep competing. I mean, a hospital literally in the same city was trying to keep up with the Joneses by making sure their bill rate was comparable to what the other system across town or across the country, across the state was offering. So we saw literally where a job could be posted somewhere or an agency could be offering a job, literally the next day the bill rate went up by $20 and another company would be offering a higher pay, which made it look like that company's paying pay way more or this company sucks because they weren't paying as much. To qualify this, there was a lot of that going on when the pandemic was approaching full bloom and definitely when it started going the other way where the, the rates were shrinking. People would say, you know, this agency is paying crazy amounts of money. Come to find out that that bill rate was a week old and they'd, they'd reposted it or whatever and the recruiter hadn't caught up or they still had a, a meme out there on a Facebook pick group, which is why they're so worthless because they literally change all the time. And even now, their hospitals today, and this is again being filmed in early July, so probably mid-July it'll be posted. 
Hospitals are really struggling with that fine line between what can we offer bill-wise in order to get the fulfillment that we're looking for and the variety and the number of candidates that we're looking for without stretching our budget. And they're doing that every single day. So even right now, I'm seeing daily jobs being canceled and then being reopened at a higher or lower rate. And it's all over the place. So to compare two different agencies right now is more difficult than it's ever been. A few years back, you could sit there and easily say who's paying the highest, who's paying the lowest. But I want to qualify that because even now, there are still many systems that are just the, the, the people that are pushing the pencils at the facility. And again, they're doing the best that they can to try to get you guys at the lowest rate possible. So they also don't want the job to sit there that long because that manager of that unit or that department, if you're imaging or whatever it is, they're screaming for help because they need that help. So they're trying to, how do I fulfill without having to, you know, throw in so much money that I'm going to, you know, regret it when my budget's out at the end of the year or I'm going to get in trouble from, you know, my superiors. They're doing everything they can to try to do the best job they can for everybody. It's hard. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't envy them their position. But because of that, the rates still are fluctuating all over the place. I've had vendors that have entire regions of the country said, here's what we're paying for these specialties. And they list the specialties off. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was ridiculously low. And then lo and behold, a couple weeks later, like, hey, we changed our mind. Now that rate's going to be here because they weren't getting the fulfillment. So I will say right now, it is a little more difficult, a little more cloudy for you guys to truly be able to tell who is paying higher and who's paying lower. So you have to kind of look at the job, what it was posted, and consistency over time. If you start, if you're, let's just say you are an L&D nurse. If you're looking at job postings on Facebook group, which I've told you guys many times, I think that's just such a waste of your time to sit there and be going through looking for jobs and, and why know if they're real anymore? Because literally as soon as they're posted, they could be filled in five minutes later because you're counting on that type of a history and that type of a, of a lifespan of a, of a meme. And as we all know, it just doesn't happen. So for those of you guys that, that host and create Facebook groups, open it up to things like an app or things that are a little bit more efficient and effective in keeping people in the loop of what the real job is. Don't make it be where you have to post a job if you've got something better than a job that literally loses its value in a, in a day or an hour. It just doesn't make sense. But all day long, it's like, oh, no, you got to have a job that's completely irrelevant potentially right away. If you own a Facebook group, think about helping your fellow traveler by giving them some ideas that won't make them waste their time chasing jobs that aren't there or at rates that are no longer available. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox for a minute. That's happening a lot right now. Look for a company that consistently pays higher or you'll, you'll see companies that are consistently paying lower. You'll start to see some trends. If you're, like I said, if you're an L&D nurse and you're looking at L&D type job postings, whether it's on a a web-driven application, a Facebook group, you'll start to see some trends with some agencies and you'll be able to tell quickly, consistently, this company's paying higher, consistently, this company's paying lower. We'll talk about what that means. Here's the other thing I also want to qualify about. There are agencies, again, bigger the agency, and we're talking about, I always talk about the big, I used to talk big three, but now there's really big four. The big four guys have direct contracts. They should be able to pay higher. They have a higher bill rate than what they're giving the rest of the country and the rest of the agencies out there. But oftentimes their margins are so thick, they still can't compete with the agencies that subcontract through them. But I will tell you, there are some good-sized companies that have direct contracts. That means that oftentimes their bill rate that they're given is four or five or six dollars higher than everybody else's, which should mean, we'll use the word should, that you guys are getting paid significantly higher. I'll talk about what five or six bucks gross, you know, an hour should mean to you guys. 
if it's obviously depending upon their margin, if it's five dollars difference and they got a thirty percent margin, you're not going to see five dollars difference, but you know seventy percent of that you'll see, right? So that is a real thing, and understand that, that still does exist. Sometimes it is it is difficult to compare, but at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter to you guys if it's a direct contract or not. Who's still paying the most? And I will say that it should be that some of those big companies are paying more because they have the direct contract but oftentimes they have the biggest margins, so it actually evens out. So it's kind of almost a moot point. The biggest difference, and here's the big ta-da in this relatively simplistic episode that we're doing today. The biggest difference is obviously the fact of what a company's margin is. How much money has the company decided that they need to make out of that all-inclusive bill rate, which we also call here on Travel Evolved, the pie, right? Here's the pie, and I'm gonna use $100 as a bill rate right now because we're still seeing $100 as a pretty, standard position for many specialties out there. So it's an also an easy, does the math easy for me. By the way, in 2019, $100 bill rates were unheard of across the board. And that's why I'm saying that rates are, are definitely better than they, they used to be. And I think you guys should use that information as encouraging information as opposed to the fact that everything's plumbing so fast. The fact that the rates have to remain as high should tell you that travel healthcare is not going anywhere right now. If it was plummeting down to the point of being not even worth it, then you can panic. But right now, it's, it's definitely not that case. So let's talk about what that means. And I'm going to use, like I said, I'm going to use the $100 bill rate as an example when we start talking about some numbers. Larger companies have to have bigger margins or they choose to have bigger margin. I mean, again, it's, it's going to be different for literally every single company out there. And it's not necessarily your job or your ability to find out what their motivation is, but I will give you guys some reasons why company margins are bigger, okay? Let's talk about it, for, for example. The, the biggest one, obviously, is that they have a lot of operating expenses, okay? I've told you that with us, we've eliminated, I think, what is the biggest operating expense, and that is recruiting. It, it is a huge amount of money that goes from that pie and makes that company have a higher, thicker margin because they have to pay for the recruiters. And a lot of travelers are starting to wake up to the idea that that is actually money that no longer is going to them. And again, you've got some companies that don't use recruiters on some things, but you're not seeing that savings or that additional dollars being given directly to you and Uncle Sam, which is the only two places it can go because you've got to pay taxes on it. It can't be free tax-free money. You're starting to see that, but there's a lot of companies still that are just using their apps and those things to get you guys on board with them faster, and they're just pocketing the money quicker. You should see a significant, significant increase in pay for a company that's not using a recruiter or something along those lines, right? If they have a, a hybrid kind of model where you can use one or not, there should be a very big difference in the pay if you don't use one. Most of you guys are not using a recruiter as much as you used to 10 years ago, I'll put it that way. A recruiter used to be the lifeblood and the, and the, they, you had to go through them to learn everything you had to know about getting a job. You, there literally was no other place you could go to get the position. There was no Facebook group. There was no you know, places where you could compare rates. There was no all-compassing search engine groups, companies that are making money by posting all the jobs. None of that existed. So now that it all does, <laughs> you guys are still allowing companies to have that thick, thick margin because they've got, in my opinion, the biggest operating expenses there are, and that is that recruiting team. So that's one of the reasons why companies, the bigger they are, oftentimes the thicker and bigger their margin needs to be because an operating expense exists whether there's a sale or you guys go to work for them or not. It's always there, which means salaries, benefits, training, all that kind of stuff. Now, commission, 
is a cost of goods sold, which means that only it's an expense that only occurs if there is a sale or as part of is part of that sales process. It is a cost of the goods sold. The goods sold being your labor and your hourly rate comes out of that. So commission is usually a part of cost of goods sold. But regardless of whether or not you go to work for that company or not, every single recruiter, for example, and every operating expense is there regardless of how big or how good the company's doing or how if, if they're struggling all of a sudden, that operating expense exists. Now they can certainly trim the fat and get rid of some of their internal payroll by getting rid of some people, doing some layoffs, cutting back on recruiters that aren't making it, cutting back on credentialing, cutting back on account managers, cutting back on <laughs> vice president's salaries. I'm joking because they don't cut those back usually ever. It's hard for them to cut back on a lot of their operating expenses. Let's talk about some other things. Let's talk about you know their office itself. Most companies, as time goes by, there are a few companies that have gotten smart and they've, they've leveraged a lot of the at home and, and work from home kind of policies. But most companies still, as they get bigger, and I know this from, from firsthand experience, you've got to have a bigger office space to house more and more internal recruiters, which has always typically been the most successful model. Yes, there are some remote recruiters that do very, very well, but overwhelmingly, if you look at successful companies, most of them have recruiting teams that are right there because that's how they learn. They get that, they get that synergy by, by learning from other people where this, you know, two people are almost like the, the ability to have three because you're learning from each other. That's synergy and it works really well. And it works in our industry. You learn from hearing the cubicle next to you what he or she's saying. You get better and you get a better, you get to become a better salesperson. You grow faster. Hopefully that means that you get to be a better recruiter, but it does mean you're also better at selling travelers that when you learn what other people are saying, oh, that's a good one, I never thought about that. Keeping people from canceling, keeping people from looking anywhere else besides their company for the same job at a higher margin, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's part of it. So as you grow as a business, you oftentimes need to expand. When's the last time you saw a company I've seen a bunch of these in the last five years where companies, hey, look at us. We we now have this office space and check out our great, you know, cubicle and look at our wonderful entryway and here's our break room and everyone playing foosball and having donuts and snacks and we're all eating tacos and you know, it gets bigger and bigger. Well, who do you think's paying for that? That's an operating expense that is a derivative of how much of that pie they need to take to handle something that has nothing to do with how many travelers they have. That expense exists. When you get a bigger office, you don't get to tell your landlord, hey, we only we, we didn't grow as much this week, so we want to cut back on our rent. Or we don't we're gonna cut back on all of our software that everyone needs cubes. No, you can fire recruiters, you can fire internal people, you can lay off people. But usually, once those expenses occur, they don't go the other way around, which is why you guys need to hear this. Oftentimes, with the old model, almost all the time, the bigger the company, the thicker their margin was. It's just a general rule of thumb because of those reasons. It's not about their commission plan. It's, it's, it's more about promotions. You need to have more directors of recruitment, vice presidents of recruitment, vice presidents of operations, vice presidents of, of you know, of credentialing. You've got vice presidents of onboarding, vice presidents of... You get what I'm saying? The bigger the company is, the more operating expenses they have, typically, and overwhelmingly, almost all the time, which means their margins have to start creeping up, which is why this model is difficult. And the challenge for somebody who runs a company like that is how do we maintain the integrity and get people to come to work for us as our margin keeps getting thicker and thicker? We've got to fight, fight, fight to save costs elsewhere, and they, most of them do a good job of that, whether it's, you know, you get bulk discounts, on credentialing and background checks. You can oftentimes, if you're successful and recruiters make money, you can lower their salaries, which is that operating expense portion, but you may have to increase their commission, which 
is good because it, it grows as the company grows. It's not a fixed cost. There are great things that very smart men and women in, in my side of the industry that are, are CEOs, CFOs, and, and VPs that do a good job of trying their best to keep those operating expenses down, but they struggle with that because of the growth. And that's part of the problem. So the other thing I'll just throw out there, and this is just the, 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 the gosh darn truth, is that there's greed. We have a lot of greed in our industry, and it's one of the things that turned me off immensely over the last you know, 10 years for sure. Certainly over the last, well, not so much now. Well, I didn't like it during the pandemic. I saw that too. I've documented it here. The, definitely the greed factor reared its ugly head hard during the pandemic where agencies were increasing their margins to what we're going to use today as a model of like 30%. Before the pandemic, the average company was about 26% company margin. It's over 30. We're going to use 30 for today because I want you guys to see a little more details of what this really looks like for you and your paycheck, which is really what matters at the end of the day. But unfortunately, greed is there. I mean, I've said before, the healthcare travel industry has created a lot of micro-millionaires, I'll put it that way. Men and women who have created lifestyle businesses that may have sold them to, to some of these bigger four companies or just generated a lot of revenue to be able to retire at a really wonderful level for basically holding money for you guys. And getting a sales team that convinced them and getting account managers that could get contracts and a sales team that could convince you guys to take more contracts through them and not through everybody else. It's just a fact. The last 20 years has been a lot, a lot of millionaires that were made on my side of the desk, which is just the way it is. It just got a little uglier. 2017, 2018, 2019, then, then it went ridiculous ugly during the pandemic where it was just gross. It was already gross to begin with, but it got really gross during that time where it just was so obvious that agencies were just hiding thicker margins because the rates were so ridiculously high, the bill rates were so enormous that it was so hard for you guys to tell, am I getting a good deal based upon the bill rate? I don't even know what the bill rate is. Was, I don't know companies besides ours that will tell you that. What does it really look like? You guys were just happy with the rates. And what you didn't realize was that some agencies were going crazy on the money. And a lot of agencies that jumped into the industry during that period of time are struggling hard. If they haven't already gone out of business, they're really struggling right now because they thought that was the model that would be forever. And guess what? It certainly isn't. All right, let's jump into some actual numbers. I think you guys are going to find this pretty eye-opening. I want to talk about that, what I just mentioned, and that is that Let's use, let's utilize <clears throat> some examples today. I'm going to use a $100 bill rate and I want to use that 30% margin. I want to show you guys some things. And first I want to talk about the difference between a 29% margin and a 30% margin. Let's talk about 1%. If a company is offering 1%, keeping 1% more for their margin, offering you 1% less, what does that mean? And this is where I think you guys need to really focus and pay attention. And I hope you guys really hear and share this part of this episode with other people that get it. Because what I see every day is, is travelers kind of saying it's not a big deal that an agency doesn't you know, pay slightly more. And let me, let me show you what that means. Let's talk about the minimum, 1%. Obviously, we're talking about you know, on a $100 bill rate, 1% would be a buck, $1. Makes my life really, really simple, right? So we're talking about either $36 a week for those of you that are on 12-hour shifts or $40 a week for those of you that are on, that are on you know, 5 eights, right? Or 4 tens. We're not talking about a huge amount of money. We're talking about if you if you take that $36 a week, multiply it by 52, it's $1,872, one, only $1,872 difference. Obviously, if you're a 40-hour work week person, and again, we're talking about minimum hours, if you multiply $40 a week times 52 weeks, which again, you have to be working every week, which most of you guys hopefully don't have to do, we're talking about $2,080. It really isn't a lot. Again, I mean, I think most people could say, eh, 
for two grand a year on 1% difference of the company, I could probably walk away from company whatever and you know go with the company that I know or the company that had a better salesperson or for whatever reason, I can understand how that wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's 1%. Which is, you know, again, I told you guys, we actually dropped our margin by another percent here around the, on the 4th of July, which is wonderful. So it's not a huge amount of money, but it's important that we stayed up with that, right? I, say, I think it's incredibly important that you continue to lower your margins to show people that this, as our company grows, and we're able to do it because of the size of our company, that we're going to continue to lower our margin because I think we need to play a less and less part, bigger part of that pie because the technology takes over, but I, but I digress. So we're not talking about a huge amount of money. Right, most companies I told you already are at a thirty percent margin. I've already told you we're at seventeen percent, but let's just pretend there's a company out there that's at twenty percent. I want to walk you guys through what that ten percent difference. It's humongous. You guys are going to be shocked because I'm sure there are a couple of companies out there that are trying to do a twenty percent deal, but this is the numbers you should see the difference in. And if you don't see it, they're not at twenty percent. So let's start off with that. But let's pretend that there are a couple of companies out there that are really trying to swing for the fences and have figured out like we have some ways to keep those operating expenses lower and they've offered you guys 20%, which we're still going to beat. <laughs> Got to get it in anyway, right? So on a 20% margin, again, I want to I walk you through this. If you are looking at, and I'll, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I mean, I did the numbers differently. Let me just do it this way. Let me compare you guys with a 30% company. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk about mine. Let's say we're at a 17% because I did, I did the math for that. I just want to show you the difference between what we're offering on a $100 bill rate compared to an average company. By the way, there are companies that are paying have margins much higher than 30%. But I do think 30% is right about the average right now. And again, I think that shifts and changes, but that's pretty close and I can back that up. Let's compare that to a 17% margin like we're at right now currently. So here's what we're talking about. This is why I think it makes such a big difference. You'd be talking at about $468 a week for a 36-hour-a-week person or $520 a week for a person who's working 40 hours. That's a pretty, now again, it's gross, so it's all taxable. Every bit of that's taxable, which means it's not going to be that kind of a difference in your net paycheck. But we're talking about $486 to $520 a week on 17% different margin. Now, that is significant. And I think most of the jobs you're going to see are going to fall somewhere in between those two. Between, and again, you're going to see companies that are at 24%, comparing to companies that are at 30 This is why it makes such a difference. But let me share with you what that difference between like next-gen med staff and the average company is. I'm going to throw it out there. I'd be crazy not to, right? Here's what it looks like yearly. For somebody who is on a 36-hour work week, we're talking about, you multiply that 468 by 52 weeks, $24,336 a year difference. If you're at a 40-hour work week, you're talking about $27,040 a year difference. Same job, two different companies. One that's at a 30% margin, one that's at a 17% margin. We're talking about minimum hours, too. This has nothing to do with anything between 36 and 40, which should be paid higher. Go back and please listen to that episode, hours 36 to 40. That's going to increase that number even higher. We're not talking about any kind of overtime or holiday pay, which is based upon true time and a half of your full compensation, not just the taxable portion. You're easily talking about $30,000 to $35,000 a year difference between working for two different companies for the exact same position. What you guys are seeing is probably positions that are in between. I don't care if you're working for my company or not. Let's, let's throw that out there. Now that I use that really big example. 
you're going to see jobs that are $100 difference between two companies. And I'm just saying, I don't care who they are. They might even be me. You might see $200. The more that that, that disparagement exists, I want you guys to understand this is going to be a, a more and more significant part of what you're going to see with your annual income. It can be anywhere from literally a couple grand a year to close to 30 grand a year, depending upon the differences in that margin between those two companies. It is nothing to chuckle at. And when you see someone saying, I don't care, it's only 150 bucks a week, do the math. Take 100, I don't have a calculator with me, I should usually do. Two, take 150 bucks and multiply that by 52 weeks out of the year. And, and understand that that is the minimum. If you just work either 36 or 40, whatever that, that quote is about, it's significant. We're talking about $10,000, $15,000. If you're willing to literally work for a company that pays $15,000 less a year alongside of somebody that's making that much more money for you doing the exact same job, if you think you're worth anything, this is where, ladies and gentlemen, I believe you guys are absolutely going to change the industry. We couldn't have done this. And I'm not just talking about next-gen med staff. Sorry, you got some in the parking lot revving their, their IROC. <laughs> Remember the IROCs? Sorry, it just felt like it was an IROC kind of rev. Um, we have, there's, the companies are trying to figure this stuff out for sure. You guys can change this. There are companies that you're going to have to say, I'm not going to work for you anymore. This is where I think right now the big, big companies have a pretty good situation going currently in summer of 2023. They've got jobs they're not sharing with anybody else. The scary thing is going to be if they can continue to do that, then they're going to start to monopolize the industry at lower rates, and this whole thing could be a different deal than what we're talking about. I don't think they're going to be able to, and so far they haven't been. As they move their rates to other people, they're going to start getting, the travelers are going to start getting paid more, and you guys will stop utilizing them, and pretty soon they're going to lose those contracts. The bigger companies that are subcontracting, they're already in trouble. Already. If you are seeing, I don't care if it's 100 bucks a year, you want to, you want to take 5000 which would be probably close to overtime, 36, 40, you're probably talking more like eight or $9,000 a year. Do you want to really take $9,000 less because... You know, the company had a great salesperson over somebody that maybe is, has a, you know, a, a recruiting model that maybe just pays more or something that's completely different. This is where you guys start to change the industry. And I think it, whether you want to or not, inevitably, the overwhelming majority of the mean or median traveler out there, they're going to start migrating towards companies that pay more. If you have 100 companies with the same job, more and more people are clearly going to want to take that job through a company that pays more. It just it makes sense. Over time, it's going to happen. And this is why it's important that you guys start paying attention to this stuff because I just think the industry's changed so much. You guys are in so much control over your own credentialing, over your own extensions, finding your own positions, telling your recruiter, hey, there's a position over here being advertised. Can you get that for me? And you're doing your own work anyway. You guys need to start getting paid more for it. And I think this is where it's going to change. But you guys need to understand why the pays are different. There are some good examples I talked about early on in this episode, but most of them involve a company's margin. There's no two ways to hide that. So as you guys start to get smarter, listen, I'll tell you what you're going to see right now, summer of 2023. The companies that pay the best have the least amount of positions potentially right now. That kind of goes with for us too, but eh, not really. We're, we're, we're at a size now where we have a, a great amount of positions compared to what other companies like us were a year ago. I mean, it's almost night and day. But that being said, there still are jobs right now that we're not seeing. We know that's going to be short-lived. I think as time goes by, we're going to see more. We're in a unique couple of months here where our jobs, like everybody else in the country, are down. We're not unique. We probably experience that more because it is, you know, again, just the, the, the magnitude of what's happening out there in the travel industry right now. As these jobs remain unfulfilled, those hospitals are going to start demanding that they start getting fulfilled, which means those 
contracts are going to start opening up more and more. The bill rates are going to increase. And when the bill rates get bigger, the disparagement between two different companies actually shows its head a little bit more. Let me explain. If you've got $100 for a bill rate, or you've got $75 for a bill rate, right? The difference for a $100 bill rate is a dollar an hour. That's a difference. On a, on a $75 an hour bill rate, I'm sorry, I didn't say that quite right. 1% on 100 bucks an hour is easily a dollar an hour. 1% on a $75 bill rate is only 75 cents. And the math is pretty simple, but the bigger the bill rate, the more that dollar, that 25 extra cents starts to increase. And that's why when the pandemic was so crazy and there were $200 bill rates, there were some companies that were making so darn much money because you guys weren't paying attention that they could do that. But as the bill rates start to increase or get to a point, let's just say they go up 10%. Let's say the average is 110. I'm not saying 100 is the average, but let's just say it goes up to 110. You're going to see higher and higher disparagement between different companies based upon their, their profit you know, model, their profit percentage, and the amount of their margin. So a company that literally is a 5 or 6% less margin than the average company is going to look a lot more attractive as the bill rates get higher and higher. I hope that kind of makes sense to you guys. The bigger the bill rate, the bigger that difference shows up consistently. It's hard when you're dealing with, uh, let's just say you have an acuity, let's say you uh, have a specialty that the bill rates are $60 an hour, and there's a lot of those out there. You're not going to notice it as much, but you're also making less money a year, so you're still talking about a big percentage of your income. Instead of being you know, 30000 it might be 15000 I mean, for 15000 for you is the same thing. I mean, you're still walking away from money that other companies are going to be keeping, it's just not going to show up as much. It's not going to be a $30,000, but it's going to be every bit as much on the percentage. It's going to hurt in your pocketbook every bit as much. This, ladies and gentlemen, is why we created Travel Evolve. You guys will and can change this industry. I see a lot of things out there on social media. We're calling for other travelers to help change the industry by doing this or taking these contracts or don't take these contracts. Listen, it's going to take care of itself. Whether you are motivated by actively searching or, or listening to what we're saying today, if you're not, 100 of your peers are going to, and it's gonna drive the market the way it is. It's inevitable. We know this, you know, our investors and the people that are involved with us get it. That's why we jumped on this thing three years ago. Yes, we were ahead of the curve, but the curve is catching up, and more and more people every single day are saying, yeah, I think, because we can see the history of what we've talked about. No, I'm not really interested. No, thanks, I appreciate it though. And that was two years ago, then yeah, maybe, and now all of a sudden it's like, yes, please, I'll, I'd be love to take a look at what you guys are doing overwhelming especially the last couple of months where people are starting to really struggle to try to figure it out and they think they're realizing that their agency with that recruiter model is failing them a little bit they're 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 being sold as opposed to being offered more opportunity at higher pay and that's what you guys are going to demand it's coming did i do it justice on that i think so the industry is changing the industry is going to move and evolve into a better and heavy travel friendly agency which sorry industry which I don't think it's ever really been. I don't think this industry has ever truly been travel-centered. It's been agency-centered. There's been times where it's been hospital-centered because of, of different things, but it's, I don't think it's ever truly been traveler-centered. And I think that you guys are just hang in there, is what I'm saying. You guys can control, you can dictate this market, and you will, and you're, it's inevitable. You're gonna start to dictate what you're willing to take and what you're not willing to take. And it's all going to be based upon how big or how little each company is taking their slice of that pie, which of course is the bill rate. It's going to be fun. They cover it all. Yeah. 
What's the last thing I said? Travelers are still making agencies rich. It's not a partnership. I guess that's the last thing. It's moving towards a partnership. You guys need companies that partner with you that help you make as much money as you can. That take a reasonable amount of that pie in order to float that payroll while they're waiting to get paid. That's it. Help you with the credentialing. Help you be able to see the jobs and not miss anything. And that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. And there's a lot of ideas that aren't coming from my company or anything that we've done. There's going to be some amazing ideas that haven't even been thought of or even conceptualized yet that are also, I think, going to help you guys make more money. Probably even better than what we're talking about. But for right now, ours is still the best. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for me to try to, it's dark enough now, I won't tell you what time it is, but it is definitely a better time for me to make my way down to the other county south. I think my drive will actually be about uh, the time that it should take, not double the time because traffic is down. That's why I wait around. Guys, I appreciate it. Have a great uh, rest of your night, and I appreciate you guys listening to us. Thanks for subscribing. We'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved.